Welcome to the Springs in the Desert podcast. We're those friends that you can take with you wherever you are on the path of infertility. Hello, welcome back to the Springs in the Desert podcast. This is Cassandra, and I'm here with our blog manager, Allie. How's it going? Good. It's good to be back on the pod. How are you, Cassandra? Good. I know it's been a while, but we are so excited today because we are here with Mari Wagner, the founder of West Coast Catholic. West Coast Catholic is a Catholic lifestyle brand, and they just have so many beautiful things. So we're really excited to dive into this topic with Mari today. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, ladies. I'm super excited to just talk with your community and be here today. Yeah, we're so happy to have you here with us today because in this season of Advent, the days are getting shorter and our gazes are turning inward as we begin to prepare for the coming of the Christ child. It's good to revisit this topic of our homes, our home life, and our spiritual life. So we're really happy to have you on the podcast today to talk about these things with us. But first, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and West Coast Catholic? How did West Coast Catholic come to be and how has the Lord grown your mission over the years? Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Yeah, my name is Mari Wagner and I am primarily a wife. I'm married to my college sweetheart, Trey. We've been married for about two and a half years now. Got married right out of college and this young married life has been so joyful, so fruitful in so many ways. I'm also a Catholic content creator and a business owner. Like you said, I'm one of the co-founders along with my husband of the popular Catholic lifestyle brand, West Coast Catholic. And I primarily serve women in my community on Instagram. So there I help women live Christ-centered lives basically by sharing about how to have a God-centered marriage practical ways to grow in your faith, as well as homemaking and clean living things. Thank you so much for sharing that, Mari. That's so well put. And I think it's really interesting that you brought up the topic of things, right? Because the Catholic Church in her wisdom recognizes that we're incarnate, right? We are human. We have bodies. And it's good to have things that help us in the spiritual life, whether that's a piece of sacred art on the wall or a rosary that we hold in our hands to bring our attention back to prayer, back to what we're doing, or just beautiful things around the home that call our attention heavenward. Even if just a moment, we're so blessed to be Catholic and get to have these things. So how might someone begin to incorporate Catholic goods into their home during their homemaking process? What are a couple items you think every family should have? And how do you home make with the goal of sharing Christ with those who enter? But just real quick before we dive into these questions, Allie, I just want to invite you just real quick, please share with our listeners why this topic of homemaking is so dear to you. Yeah, thanks. So I wrote a blog post a while ago, just after recognizing after dealing with infertility for the seven years of my marriage that I had put a lot of pressure on myself that my fruitfulness, our fruitfulness had to be outside our home, whether that was jobs or parish activities, things like that. And I felt like I really needed encouragement that actually homemaking is not something that's just for moms. (laughs) It is part of the vocation of being a wife and even what it means to be a woman, regardless of what our career status is. And especially over the last couple of years, I really felt a call to just embrace that more fully and really just dive into it in different ways, hosting people, decorating, all sorts of things. So I wanted to encourage anybody who's listening (laughs) in our community, and I'm excited to hear what you have to say, Mari, about the topic, because I think a lot of people do need encouragement to live it out. Absolutely. And I love what you said about anybody, even as a woman, like that is just an innate calling that we have. Something I always think about when it comes to homemaking and, and just home life is that 
We're so used to seeing it in a materialistic sense, I think of, oh, it's materialistic to buy a bunch of stuff for your house or to care so much about how it looks. But the reality is that it goes so much deeper than that because the four walls of your house make up a home and the life that happens within those four walls, even as a family of two, is sacred and it's sacred space. And it's our duty and our calling as husbands and wives and as a wife to cultivate that space for family life to happen. And I love that we're talking about family of two because I still, I want to say that. I want to say like you are a family, just you and your husband. You don't need children to call yourself a family and you don't need children to cultivate a beautiful space in a welcoming, homey place for yourself and for the people that you invite. You don't have to have children to do that. And yeah, definitely just want to second that of whatever stage of life you're in. And especially if you're a family of two, like it is so worthy of cultivating that beautiful sacred space for your family life to thrive in. One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about talking about this is specifically because of our business, West Coast Catholic. I feel like my heart and soul has been poured into that because that is one of the ways we want to be serving couples and families is through bringing beautiful lifestyle and home goods into the home because I love incorporating our Catholic faith into the home and creating that kind of like domestic church, especially my personal style is a little bit more like current and modern, not like super uber modern futuristic, but still a little bit more of the current aesthetic of the day. And for me personally, those traditional Catholic goods aren't fully in line with my personal aesthetic, although still really beautiful. I have found myself really incorporating pieces that fit a little bit more of my modern style, but are also infused with things of the faith because I want there to be, like you were saying, constant reminders in the home that point us back to heaven, that point us back to God and remind us of our Catholic faith. Largely where, like I said, we've been shifting with West Coast Catholic home and lifestyle goods. I think especially because we want to serve the young adult generations of today and we want to encourage them to continue to bring the church into your homes. Like when you go into your grandma's house, like there are crucifixes and paintings of the Annunciation and everywhere, rosaries everywhere. And it feels like you're in a basilica, an old artifact. It is gorgeous in itself and all the rich beauty of the traditional faith has a time and a place and it's so beautiful. But there is a generation that cares so much about this like sleek, minimalist, clean look. And I love that. And I want to serve the people in that as well. So I think finding pieces that are both really fit your aesthetic, but are infused with the faith is the perfect marriage because it helps us to bring the church into the homes of today. And it makes it attractive, not for the people, not just for the people in the home, but for the people that you're welcoming in, especially because it's a conversation starter. Like if something looks more like, secular, not that you're trying to hide the faith, but it can invite someone to be like, wow, like where did you get that throw pillar? Where did you get that candle? That is gorgeous. We just came out with a Our Lady Guadalupe candle in the fall and it's a concrete candle. It's very like minimalist look. It's got the Our Lady stamped in it. It was made to mimic that original Catholic Our Lady of Guadalupe candle. It's got all the colors and stuff like that, but might not fit into your aesthetic. Something like that. Somebody could walk into, wow, that candle is so gorgeous. And you have an opportunity to share about Mary, the story of Juan Diego, maybe, or maybe talk about your practice of prayer. Yeah, we light this candle when we pray as a family, and it's a conversation starter in a really casual, natural way where you can start to weave in the faith. So some practical ways to do that would be to hang up a crucifix in major rooms of the house. I would definitely start with your bedroom and somewhere downstairs where you gather. So we have one in our bedroom and we have one in the kitchen, and we have like an open floor plan downstairs so you can see it from the whole room, but it's like 
at the very back of the room where you can see it from any room downstairs. And it's got anchor, right? I feel like first thing that you should go up in a home is a crucifix. Another one I feel like that is very popular are Catholic candles. There's so many Catholic candle companies out there and they have beautiful scents like chrism and incense and named after saints. And like I said, our Lady Guadalupe candle. And that's such a common product that anybody could have in their home. People are always buying candles. And another conversation has started, wow, that that scent is so amazing. Or wow, that Catholic candle is so beautiful. Like, where did you get it? Opens up those conversations for evangelization and, and Catholic conversations. Yeah. And I think especially like you, you were asking about how do, how do we invite people into your home as well? That was part of your question. I feel like we're in the season of Advent and this is such a wonderful time to be able to do this. Something that we've done in the past is inviting a couple over for you know, Sunday brunch or dinner to do like an Advent prayer along with it. It's such a like good excuse that the church gives us. Like the liturgical seasons are such a good excuse. I think sometimes it can be intimidating to make that invitation to someone of, hey, do you want to talk about the faith or do a Bible study or pray together? Like sometimes you feel uncomfortable doing it, but I think that people actually really appreciate it. And Advent is such a good excuse. Advent or Lent or Easter, such a good excuse to invite someone over to enter into prayer or to have a faith-filled spiritual conversation and like I said, it might feel scary at first, but truly, I think deep down, people want that. People want Catholic community, especially with other married couples and families. And I think that those invitations are really actually so appreciated. We we moved to Colorado almost a year ago, probably like 10 months ago. And so we're in the midst of meeting a lot of new people in the area and building that community. And there's about four couples that we've met sporadically over the 10 months that we've been here. And a couple months ago, Trey and I were like, you know what? Like we want to have like intentional community. What if we extend an invitation to all these couples, invite them over for dinner and just propose the idea of a monthly marriage group. And it can be like low key. It doesn't have to be super content focused. We can read a book, but it's really just community gathering around a table with couples that are of your same faith, that have your same values, that on that same journey of raising family to heaven or growing in your faith with your husband. And I remember we just had our first meeting in November and we were talking all night, like laughing, eating, like so good. And Trey and I hadn't brought up the conversation yet. And I like it was near the end of dinner and I kicked Trey into the table. It's time to, it's time to talk about why we're here, Trey. And you could tell he was a little bit nervous because it's like that fear of rejection of what if somebody doesn't want this? And he proposed the idea of wanting intentional community and like living life with other couples that we could grow in. And they all were so grateful. And one of the husbands even was like, thank you so much for having the courage to extend this invitation and having the courage to invite us into something so intentional because that takes a lot of time and effort and courage to break the ease and the surface level conversation that there could be to go deeper. So yeah, I know I touched on a lot of things. Would love to hear your thoughts on all those, but yeah, that's my initial thoughts on your question. Thanks for sharing that, Mari. Yeah, I think it's so good about the crucifixes to have a crucifix in the place where we gather and then to have one in the bedroom. I remember when I was growing up and still my parents have a crucifix right over their bed. And so we got a cross was given to us at our wedding. And so that hangs over our bed now because you know what marriage is, it's beautiful, it's difficult. And we need that reminder that, yeah, we're giving ourselves to the other 
in the good times and the bad times. And the cross helps us remember that because the cross is a sign, is such a powerful sign of the faith and of Jesus giving up his body for us. And the candles too, especially during this time of Advent, there is a reason why the liturgy is always, there's candles around the altar. And it's just a beautiful sign to maybe have an Advent wreath and just to acknowledge to but to yourselves and to any company you might have that, yeah, we're waiting. We're waiting in joy. We're waiting in hope for the, the coming of the Savior during this time. What do you think, Allie? I love also that you, what you said about it's very individual. Like you describe your particular style and how you wanted to marry some of those traditions with your style. And I just think that's beautiful and so encouraging that this living out of our faith in this material way is very unique to ourselves and our marriages. And it's going to look different for each of us because God created us each with different different things that draw us in. Or maybe it's like for us, we have a little oratory, a little prayer corner in our bedroom, and we have little icons of the saints that speak to us in our marriage or kind of like we call them like the saint friends that we've picked up that just encourage us, you know, together. And that speaks to that, yeah, that individual uniqueness that you mentioned that that you are seeking in, in the way that you put your house together and things like that. So I love that. So let's talk about the rosary for a minute. Rosaries are so crucial to the mission of West Coast Catholic. So what are some suggestions you have for those just beginning or wanting to increase their devotion to the rosary? Yes. I'm so glad that you asked that because, yeah, like you said, West Coast Catholic loves the rosary. It's how we got started. It's truly like the heartbeat of our mission. And I have had such a beautiful devotion, like growth in my devotion with the rosary. I think that it's a prayer that not a lot of people find attractive at first. It's a prayer that I feel like a lot of us feel like it's like our grandmas used to pray or used to have your grandma tell you like, oh, I'll be praying the rosary or you would see them praying it. But have learned so much about our Lord through his mother and grown so much closer to Jesus in my devotion through my devotion to the rosary. So definitely love encouragement here. And I have three tips today for those that are struggling or want to dive in or just can't seem to have even a desire to pray the rosary. And this might be a little bit biased, but tip number one is have a beautiful rosary. Mm. It truly makes all the difference. It's what changed my heart with my relationship with the rosary. So I'll speak a little bit about that, but I've always had a really close love for Mary and a close relationship with her. My grandma had that and passed it on to my mom and my mom to me. And that has always been very integral in my Catholic faith, but I never really prayed the rosary. Even though I loved Mary, I never really prayed the rosary. And I remember even in high school, my mom trying to get us to pray the rosary. And I was my lovely teen self, like totally <laughs> complaining and rebelling and being like, this is so boring. And it wasn't until probably midway through college where Trey, who's my husband now, was my boyfriend then. He was a life teen missionary for a summer. And at the camp, they taught the kids how to make these corded knot rosaries and he made those all summer. And when we got back to school, he was like, I really want to make you a rosary, but I want it to be like really beautiful with beads and stuff like that. I don't want it just to be cords. So he's like, you help me design it and I'll make it to make it for you for Christmas or for your birthday. My, my birthday is really close to Christmas. And so we went to Michael's. That's where we started. We went to Michael's and we picked out some stone beads and some leather cord and he had brought back this like metal crucifix from camp and stuff like that, that he wanted to use. And it was so beautiful. I had never had a beautiful rosary like that. And I'd never had a meaningful rosary. Uh, all the rosaries I'd had were gifted to me. I had one from my first communion, but it was like so delicate. If you touched it, it would break. So yeah. I never 
one. All the other ones were like the plastic ones that you're just gifted at retreats or given out for free at the church. And just having this meaningful rosary in my hands was such a game changer. The beauty drew me to it that I just started to hold it all the time. Like I was drawn to it. I just wanted to have it with me in my pocket or I would sleep with it under my pillow or put it in my backpack or in my purse. Like I just like felt like this wave of protection and a desire to be with it, even just through the beauty of it. So much so that I was like, okay, I have my rosary with me all the time. I should probably pray it. <laughs> like I definitely have the time when I'm walking to class or cleaning my room or whatever. Like I should probably pray it. And I started to incorporate the prayer into, or the rosary into my prayer routine. Now the graces from this were so beautiful. And I would say they're sometimes intangible. Like you don't notice right away, but it's more of this wave of peace and patience and aligning your wills with the Lord. You just start to see eye to eye with the Lord and his plan. And you start seeing the way he works in your life more. And it's because of his mother. It's because of his mother leading you there. So tip number one, have a beautiful rosary because it'll make it more attractive and you will want to pray it. And since we're talking about, I've been talking about young adult generations, we know everybody's obsessed with their aesthetic. And so it'll just totally add to your aesthetic. <laughs> tip number two is habit stack. So this is not a new trick that I came up with. Habit stacking is a tried and true method of adding new habits into your life. And pretty much you stack a new habit on top of an old habit that you have. And the more that you do that, the more the new habit will become ingrained in you. So if you're trying to pray a rosary in your life or trying to up it to a daily rosary, you find a habit that you already have a consistent timeline with. So I used to do like driving to work when I worked as a missionary. I'd have to drive to the Newman Center every single day. And the drive was exactly 16 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and the recording that I had of the rosary was exactly 16 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that in this habit of driving to work every day, the second I got into the car, I'd pick up my rosary, start the recording, and pray the rosary all the way to work. Mm -hmm. You can do this with the many, with many other things as well. Making breakfast in the morning or doing a load of laundry or maybe it's what you do to wind down before bed. But you choose something that you have a ritual on or a rhythm already in your life that you can add it into. So it kind of triggers that reminder. And the more you stick to it, the more it's ingrained in your body, in your mind, in your muscle memory. And then tip number three is just start. Yeah. Yep. I like, I feel like we all need this kick in the pants. I especially, I'm like a seasons girl. I love seasons. I love Mondays. I love a new month because it's like the new beginning, like a fresh start, like a reason to do things right. Now, if we always wait for Monday or the first of the month or the new year, like we're never going to get anywhere and we're actually never going to start or keep a habit. And I remember this was, I think it was 2020, beginning of 2022 when I started incorporating like a daily rosary into my life more. Don't get me wrong. I'm not perfect. I haven't prayed a rosary every day for the past three years, but I woke up one morning and was like, what am I doing? Why am I not praying the rosary? I think it was right after I had read all the promises of the rosary. I'd heard of them, but I hadn't fully read them. And when I came across the 15 promises of the rosary, my mind was blown. And I was like, why are we not all praying the rosary every single day? If these are the promises, we need to be praying the rosary every single day. So I woke up the next morning and I'm like, I'm just going to start. It may be a Thursday, but I'm just going to start today. And giving, not giving in, fighting against that resistance that you feel. Because every now and then, you can let me know if you felt this, but the rosary has 
a way of just like squirming into your mind. It's just a little nudge of like, oh, I could pray the rosary right now. Oh, I have some free time. Like I could pray a rosary. Oh, we're here as a family. Oh, maybe I could pray a rosary. But you don't say it or you don't act on it or you choose to pick up your phone or scroll through your email or just be like, actually, I, I could do this. It's something more productive in this time. Mm-hmm. And what I started to do was like when I felt that nudge, I just did it. At that time, I wasn't doing the habit stacking. It was just like, okay, I just need to do it as soon as this thought comes in and not fight the re- – and yeah, not allow there to be a resistance. And when you don't allow those – one to five minutes of contemplation of should I do it? Should I not? You just, you overcome that. You're just like, okay, I'm just going to do it. It's just what's happening. And yeah, so I I think like I struggle with that. I think we all need to hear that of just a little kick, just start either start of your day or as soon as you feel that nudge or choose a habit and tomorrow, just start tomorrow. There's no reason why not. Yeah, that's so good. Because like you said, it's 20 minutes, maybe max, if you're going to do a regular five-decade rosary. We all have 20, we all waste way more than 20 minutes a day. And But there is this, I feel like the rosary can be intimidating. Yeah, work up to it. Have a beautiful rosary. Keep it accessible to you and just start praying it. You do not know the graces that God is going to work in your life through this beautiful devotion. And I think you know, it is beautiful too. I know you mentioned you had the first communion rosary. I have my little box of rosaries downstairs and it's beautiful when you have ones that have a story. It's here's my first communion rosary. Here's the rosary. I got my first trip to Spain to the city where I lived with my husband when we were newlyweds. My husband and I have two sets of matching ones and I have a cord one from our springs retreat that Stacy made. And it's just, it's beautiful. And they do, they're, they are unique and have stories. So it's great to have a beautiful one that inspires you in that devotion. And I love what you said about the graces too. And it's, I'm also not a perfect mm-hmm. rosary player, prayer. <laughs> but <laughs> the times that I've prayed it like intentionally with my husband has been very fruitful. Seeing prayer, like interceding for others particularly. So I just love what you said about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, so many people struggle with anxiety and depression in our world today. And this is my number one recommendation. If you have anxiety or just in general are going through a stressful time in your life or just feel an anxiousness, like it is the number one remedy. And to me, it's like, I exp- the way I explain to people, it's it's, just, it's like math. I can't explain why it works, but one plus one equals two. Mm-hmm. And if you're anxious or stressed and you pray the rosary, like it fixes it. <laughs> like yeah. it brings down the anxiety. It brings down the stress. It just is a wave of peace. And it's just the only way I can explain it is like, like an embrace from your mom. Like when you're little, like you seek for that comfort and security in your mom and you still don't have a full understanding. Like you don't understand the big plan of life. You don't understand why whatever happened Mm -hmm. happened or, you know, why you got hurt when grabbed the knife or whatever. But like just that security and peace that you feel from embracing your mom, like that's the rosary. It doesn't mean it solves your problems or tells you what God, God's will is in your life doesn't answer all the big questions, but it just gives you that security and peace. Yeah. And the more you pray and because there is that, that rhythm to it. And so you're given the words to say and the topics to, to think about, to meditate upon. And those mysteries of the rosary will not stop giving forth insight and fruit into your life and especially walking the path of infertility and we meditate on the passion of Christ it's like he was stripped he was humiliated like he fell down his mother was there and we love to talk about Simon of Cyrene Simon helped him carry the cross and it's you will not 
stop finding connections to our savior. You keep meditating on those mysteries of his life. Yeah, it's so good. We're not also not perfect rosary prayers, so we do try to pray it every day. And most of the time we pray it together unless we're split up on some kind of trip if one of us is traveling or, or whatever. So it's good because, and sometimes it's like the end of the day, it's like we have to pray the rosary, but it's good to have that discipline too. So just as we come to the end of our conversation today, Mari, Ali, if you guys have any ideas of how can we keep these topics of prayer in the home and homemaking and hospitality, how can we make sure that we're approaching those as husband and wife and keeping our marriages strong? Mari, let's start with you. <laughs> yeah, totally. I think it's one thing to have all these things on your walls and have all these beautiful items in, on your shelves, but it's another thing to allow them to actually influence you and actually make an impact in your spiritual life. So this just connects a little bit to what I said earlier, but having these physical products in your home, they can become physical invitations to prayer as well. And I think especially with, you know, tangible items that you can use, not just like artwork, but like actual items that build you up in your spiritual life, like a Bible or a rosary or a candle or something like that is a physical action. You light the candle, you open the Bible, you hold the rosary. Those are physical invitations to prayer. So I think like building a routine with your spouse around these products that kind of, like I said, like kind of act as those reminders and those invitations is beautiful. But I think it's important to start small. Like we were saying, the rosary can be intimidating. Starting a prayer life with your spouse can be intimidating. Maybe not both are on the same page. So starting small and building up is important. So little things you can do is you have your crucifix above your bed, and maybe it's a reminder to pray together every night to consecrate your marriage, or just to say a short prayer of thanksgiving for the day. And maybe you each share an intention for the next day or an intention for someone else or whatever. Mm -hmm. But praying before bed is a really good one. Or doing a morning offering together. If morning is better, maybe you guys go to bed at different times, or maybe morning is when you're together and when you start your day. So maybe a morning offering. I love what you were saying about praying an, a rosary together, maybe in the evening after dinner. Mm -hmm. I think especially when you're just a family of two, at least for us, it's so easy after a long day to be like, okay, we're going to eat dinner on the couch and turn the TV on. Yeah. And this is how we're going to like wind down for the rest of the night because we don't have kids to watch or to put to bed or like the craziness of the home. Mm -hmm. And so making that conscious choice of, okay, we're going to have dinner and instead of sitting and watching TV, we're going to sit on the couch and pray a rosary together. And then we can do something else for fun if we want to play a game or watch a show or whatever. But whatever it is, choose the one thing and maybe stick to it for a certain amount of time. Stick to it for a week, two weeks, or a month, and really start making it a habit. And you'll see that start to strengthen your marriage. We've talked a little bit about evangelization and sharing the faith with others as you welcome them into your home. But the reality is that prayer and zeal for the faith first start in your own heart, in your own marriage, and in your own home before you can truly share it with others or before it's fruitful mm -hmm. sharing it with others. I don't know if you guys have read Soul of the Apostolate. It is an amazing book. If you haven't, you should definitely read it. The whole premise of it is if you don't have an interior life, if you don't have a prayer life, your actions of your mission, whether that be like personal life mission or you actually work for an apostolate or whatever, can be really fruitless and almost dangerous. They might do the opposite if you are not yourself rooted in God. And so really focusing on building those little habits in your marriage so that you can build up the faith in your home, in your prayer life, and then your invitations of evangelization and welcoming people into your domestic church are coming from a place of overflow of grace and love from the Lord. And he's the one providing. 
-hmm. because it's much harder to evangelize on your own. It's much easier to allow the Holy Spirit to lead and to be in a place where you're like, Lord, I did my part. I've given myself to you. I've made the invitations. Now you lead. Yeah. And like I said before, Advent is such a beautiful season of life to be able, or season of the year to be able to do this and invite people in and even strengthen your own marriage because it just gives you that time frame. It just gives you a reason if you need one to really start and focus on the Lord. Beautiful. You shared so much wisdom, Mari. I've taken a lot away from this conversation. And I guess just to circle back to one thing you said earlier about you are a family if you are a family of two. So much of what you said reminded me that those times when I have been intentional with my husband praying, it's I see through that that we really are a family, like being fruitful in the world, like even just through that kind of hidden home-centered prayer that we're um, pouring out together for others and for our families. It's like, this is fruitfulness. Like it really is. Maybe we aren't taking care of little children in a chaotic environment after dinner, but when we choose to pray the rosary together, we are being fruitful. So um, yeah, so much of what you shared was a great reminder that is true and it's very important to the Lord. Um, So thank you for everything that you shared. Yes. I'm so glad that it was helpful. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much to the church. Yeah, we're called, right? We are called to holiness in the midst of whatever season we're finding ourselves in life. And that intercessory prayer of the rosary can be a huge part of that. And just as consider if you haven't made any type of Advent resolution, maybe just consider some of the things we talked about in this conversation because it's not too late. You could start today. You could start tomorrow. And the church in her wisdom just knows that Every once in a while, we just need to reboot. We just need to start over. And Advent is a great time to do that. Lent is a great time to do that. So if you are looking or waiting for someone to give you an invitation, (laughs) maybe this is it. So just before we wrap up, Mari, is there anything that you'd like our listeners to know about? And where can they find more about you and West Coast Catholic? Absolutely. Yeah. So West Coast Catholic, like we said, that's the business that my husband and I own. We're a Catholic lifestyle brand and our mission is to help people experience a foretaste of heaven through modern, intentionally designed lifestyle products and prayer tools. Um, You can find us online. Our website is westcoastcatholic.co or on Instagram at West Coast Catholic. And then if you want to see my personal content and me talking about faith and marriage and homemaking, my personal blog on Instagram is at maric.wagner. We actually have on the West Coast Catholic website a wonderful freebie that might be of interest to all of you if you are trying to focus on homemaking. It's called the House to Home Guide, and it breaks down really practical ways to turn your house into a home. So we go over meal and food prep, cleaning tools, how to find your personal style and decorate your home, things like that. So if you go to westcoastcatholic.co, more, and then freebies, you'll find it on there. But I can also give you guys the link to throw it in the show notes. Oh, that would be great. That's awesome. I need to download it because I need some help in this area. So that food prep one. Oh my goodness. Like tonight, I don't really know what yes. we're having for dinner tonight. Yeah, so. it breaks down, <laughs> yeah. It breaks down my whole like how I meal plan. And then I have like my whole cleaning schedule and how to divvy that all up. It's a very useful tool. Honestly, I made it more for myself and everybody else. So I hope you find it helpful. <laughs> oh, that's great. We'll definitely include that link in the show notes. And thanks so much for sharing that with us. Yeah, of course. So great to chat with you guys today. Thanks, Mari. Thank you so much for joining us for this Springs in the Desert podcast episode. We would be so grateful if you took a minute to rate and review us so that we can reach more listeners. 
Don't forget to check out our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram and go to our website, springsinthedesert.org, where you can sign up for our newsletter and community prayer list, read our blog, and register for virtual and in-person events. Most importantly, remember that God loves you so much and so do we.